I'm Maria Cristalli, and I serve as the president and CEO of Hillside, and I'm proud to be today's host of the podcast. Today, we're going to reflect on two topics, our proud history of 185 years of service to communities, and the bright future we're looking forward to as we think ahead to 200 years of service. With me today are two guests. Dr. Richard Ganjemi, who serves as the past board chair of Hillside's Board of Governors, and he is the retired chief medical officer for Rochester Regional Health. Welcome, Dick. And Jill Niddle, our current board chair of Hillside and president and CEO of JK Executive Strategies. Dr. Ganjemi and Jill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. We have been celebrating Hillside's 185th anniversary this year, and it's a wonderful opportunity to look back at our rich history and how much the agency has changed and evolved over that time frame. First, I'd like to mention what is core to who we are is the value of inclusion, the respect for the dignity of all people. And that was foundational in our founding in 1837, when the founders of this organization welcomed all children of all races, ethnicities, and religious affiliations to come and live at the Rochester Orphan Asylum. So very critical and so important is one of our core values today at Hillside. Dr. Ganjemi, you enjoyed learning about history. What resonates to you when you think about our rich history? You know, know, when when I first came to to Hillside, you're overwhelmed with the complexity of of the organization. And you spend a lot of time trying to learn how to uh, understand what all the programs are. And if you're here long enough, you start thinking, how did we get how did all this start? How did we get here? So uh, I am interested in history, and I went back and looked at uh, how Hillside uh, came to be. And uh, it's interesting because it is different. It started out differently with a different philosophy than we have today. When it first started in the in the early 1800s, uh, there was a, a large immigrant population that lived in squalor. They, they lived in tenement houses. There was no sewage uh, drainage. There was disease, cholera, TB, crime, uh, alcohol, and uh, many of them were dying. And one-third of the kids, one-third of the, the population that was dying were children. And there were, uh, there were middle-class and upper-class women who formed the Rochester Female Charitable Society who had this obligation to help these kids. And uh, they felt that they needed to take the children out of that atmosphere and give them a better, uh, better home uh, and m- better nurturing. And, and that's how it started. And today we talk about family-centered care. The first eight children that came into Hillside, 
the parents had to sign those children over and, and make Hillside the, the guardian of those children. The parents were not allowed to visit the children only once a month. And they couldn't visit them on Sunday because the children read Bible, had Bible study on Sunday. And they could never come unannounced. So that's a little different than what we do today because we talk about family-centered care. So I, to me, that was an extremely interesting way uh, that uh, Hillside uh, got started. Yeah, and the Rochester Female Charitable Society still exists. And they just had a, a gala this past year that we all attended that was just fascinating to me to see the, you know, just really the impact that they've had on our community from, from Hillside itself, but Rochester Regional Health System. I mean, they were so instrumental in so much development and not-for-profit um, services uh, to our community. And one of the things that I learned through through them and attending um, their event is that back then they were actually not even allowed to um, own land because they were females. So they had to talk their husbands <laughs> into going to Albany to negotiate their leases and to be able to actually do the work that they wanted to do. Um, so very, very strong women back then and now, but really, really gave the, the start to Hillside, which to me is just amazing. It is amazing at a time when women couldn't vote. Women right. could not vote back then. So they had a board of managers, the females that were running the institutions and starting what Jill has mentioned, these core institutions in the Rochester community, and a board of trustees who managed the finances, their husbands. There was a quote in the paper uh, around the time that the, the women uh, were forming these organizations in the mid-1800s, and it said, if these women treat their husbands the way they treat the city fathers, we wonder why they think they need women's rights. <laughs> that's how forceful, <laughs> that's how forceful and forceful influential they were. they were. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, also at that time, a little bit later, so fast-forwarding through our history, prominent members of our community, George Eastman and the Bausch family, traveled to the UK to study uh, an organization there that had cottage-like settings, less institutional, more green space for children to learn, to play, to be kids, and brought that concept back to Rochester, New York, and the development of the campus begun at that time frame in the early 1900s. So thinking about consistency between our proud history and where we are today, we have modernized the campus, the early turn of the century here. It actually began before the year 2000, adding back in the green space because we know that children do best with family-like settings. And back in 1905, we had house parents that we're managing each of the cottages. And today, to go back to the point that Dr. Ganjami raised earlier, the inclusion of families on campuses, certainly in their homes and communities where we're serving them, and in schools where we're providing education, is fundamental to our philosophy of service, that we're a family-driven organization which means families are full partners in services. Jill, what do, what do you think? Why do you think that's so important? 
Well, I think differently than when uh, when there were orphanages, I think that organizations felt if they removed children from their homes, they could take care of them and prepare them. Now, I really think it's about helping the families keep the family unit together. So our work here really has to do not only with the child, but with everybody that that is in their home, the, the, the relatives and the families. I mean, you know, when you think about growing up, your only memories are not of your, your, your parents or your brothers and sisters. It's the cousins and the aunts and the uncles. And so I think Hillside, um, and, and really that's where our, our focus is moving towards is really being able to, to help families and to try to keep children in homes as much as we possibly can, providing services for the families as well as the children so that if there are gaps in the knowledge or gaps in the ability to care for um, for their children or these kids, that we can help the families provide that. And it's not just for the child, it's for the family as a whole. That, that is so critical. There, there, was a, there was a quote by Adelaide, Adelaide Kaiser, who was the first a woman um, superintendent of the Hill. Uh, and she said that no matter how good a job we do, we can never make up to these children the loss that they have from not being with their parents. Mm-hmm. So so very true, uh, uh, Dr. Ganjami, is families know their children best. And children long to be with their families. And that's why, as we think about where we are today at Hillside, the expansion of community-based services and the replication of services that we used to deliver in buildings on residential campuses gets carried out in communities. Few key examples are Youth Assertive Community Treatment Program, just launching in three locations in New York State brings the multidisciplinary team of clinical, psychiatry, family peer support, and skill building into families' homes, taking the work that was done inside the walls of residential treatment and bringing it into the living rooms of children and families where they live and play. We are seeing and are part of a significant shift of the delivery of high-end mental health services like youth assertive community treatment and also mental health services that intervene earlier before a child has to be removed from the family. As both Dr. Ganjemi and Jill mentioned, the child being removed from a family is traumatic mm-hmm. into itself, right? That is a traumatic event for any child and a family member. Complicate that with any crisis, mental health need, or challenge that a child is experiencing is a lot for any individual to handle. So the more that Hillside could be out in communities, the better that is going to be for all. You know, I think too, we've seen such a big increase with um, just talking about mental health. I think that the pandemic has really brought um, that to the forefront for for all of us. 
you know, working in our homes for several months or years. Some people are still working in their homes, um, serving serving kids on campus through a crisis where some had COVID, some didn't, some staff had COVID, some didn't. There's just the mental health of it all has really become um, on the forefront. And I think that one of the gifts I see that the pandemic gave us is the telemedicine piece of it. So, you know, so many not-for-profits have um, an inability to serve those that can't necessarily get to the services. So if organizations aren't on a bus line or organizations or the family doesn't have travel, um, we can now get to them. So I think I see a significant amount of mental health services continuing to evolve now that there's not necessarily a stigma um, towards it anymore. And I think that people are talking a lot more about it. So we may see um, some big changes from a you know, moving forward in that vein too. Jill, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think of the growth of telemental health services just at Hillside. And Dr. Gianjemi was brought the team from Rochester Regional way before COVID to Hillside for us to learn about telemedicine. It's, it's uncanny how much in parallel Hillside is with the healthcare system. The healthcare system may be a few years ahead in regards to um, um, uh, the innovation and creativity. Um, but one of the admirable qualities of Hillside is its flexibility and its innovativeness. Mm-hmm. But as the needs of the community became very apparent to the, to the board of directors and to the staff of Hillside, they realized that there were children that had bigger problems, more complex problems. So they were the first institution to start a nursery, which many people told them not to do because it was very high risk. But they were taking children that were just born up to two years old, many of them malnourished, very high mortality rate in that in that group. But Hillside took that on. And then they expanded it to take the mentally challenged and the physically challenged and, and what that meant is that we couldn't take care of these children with the staff that we had. We had to bring expertise in. We had highly trained people. But it's that, that ability to take risk, to do things that other organizations are afraid to do, that makes Hillside stand out uh, among other organizations. And actually, if you stop and think about it, that's the, that's the foundation that Hillside is built on. It's very strong. But it, it's like, a, it's like a, a flowering plant. You know, there, there are more buds that, that, that blossom and all of a sudden we have uh, a new program or, or uh, increased risk with more complex children. Mm-hmm. Uh, there aren't very many organizations that can mature that way over this length of time and still, be, still have a presence and an influence on the community. I remember one of my early board meetings several years ago, we were talking about a new um, a new program from the state and the state had specifically asked us, Hillside, if um, we would be a, a service provider. And through that meeting, um, it was kind of my mindset, if not us, then who? Of course, we'll figure out how to take care of these kids. We have to just figure it out. And so I think that that's always been, um, that's one of the things that I love about about volunteering here and being able to give my time here, because even though 
it's a large organization, even though we serve multi-states, multi-counties and have um, all these different programs, we are still flexible enough to be able to respond to community needs. And that's uh, that's one of the things that I just love so much about this because I'm 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 always learning, I'm always learning about um, about our kids. I'm always learning about our families, what what needs to be done in our community, and really understanding you know where we need to go for the future and where we need to go for the future of our kids. Well, as as I I listen to both of you and reflect on where we are today as an organization. It reminds me of the additional two core values of our organization. I mentioned inclusion earlier, caring. That uh, 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 Dr. Ganjami, as you spoke about the children's needs and the complexity in taking risk, our caring staff, first and foremost, are thinking about the best interest of the children and families that we serve and being relevant and adapting to the changes that are needed in communities. And we started in Greater Rochester, but now we're serving uh, communities from in Central and Western New York. And in 2008, we started serving uh, another state, Prince George's County, Maryland. So caring staff that focus on the needs and uh, challenges that the community would like us to focus on. And then the second value, as I think about what both you and Jill are mentioning, is excellence. Also, the impact on on the lives of the families and children. And whether that be high school graduation rates, all very important and measurable, measurable change that is so very important to us at Hillside. You know, it reminds me of... um... On, in all of our board meetings, we have a mission moment where um, a, a graduate um, comes back or a current student comes in. And um, one of the most recent ones we had um, came back and she, I was just so proud of her. She was nervous to present to the board of governors, but she told her story and the the team and the staff that she lived with while she was here on campus were there and she talked about them like they were her family. And I think that, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, kids belong with their families, if they can't be with their family, Hillside provides that family. There are so many people that work here that have given their lives to to this organization that give their lives to the kids here and who really make an impact on these kids' lives. And they're, the kids remember all of it and they come back and they say, thank you. And those are probably some of my, um, my proudest moments as a board member. Obviously I wasn't here back then, but just seeing the legacy that Hillside has carried in these kids' lives into their 20s and 30s and 40s, um, you know, it's, it's fascinating and it's, it's amazing that Hillside, um, is still, um, as strong as it always has been and has evolved the way it needs to, to be, to continue to serve our communities. So at this point, I'd like to ask my guests today, they can volunteer in any organization in the community, but they choose Hillside. So Dr. Ganjemi, you, you've talked about, Proud moments during your board tenure here at Hillside. 
but why do you volunteer here at Hillside? I think any organization that I've that I've been involved with um, deals with uh, people or a population that is always uh, at a disadvantage, uh, and uh, or or uh, in some way compromised and vulnerable uh, in some ways, and um, I think that Hillside. Uh, represents an organization that takes the very challenged, the very vulnerable, and gives them every opportunity to be safe, uh, to progress uh, under the influence of some really specialized care, uh, and and contribute uh, some way uh, in, to society, or at least making their life each day a little better. Thank you, Dr. Ganjemi. Jill? I think for me, um, when I look at what I consider as my obligation to give back to my community, choosing to give back to Hillside is um, really fills my bucket. You know, there's not a time that I'm that I'm here that I don't learn something new um, or meet another fascinating staff member that I'm like, oh my gosh, um, you know, the team here is just amazing. So. I think, you know, every time I, I come up the hill and come onto campus, um, I'm excited and honestly, I'm honored um, to be able to serve Hillside and to, to look out the windows and see these kids running around and, and to have a somewhat normal childhood um, as much as possible and what we can provide to them. Well, thank you, Jill, and, and thank you, Dr. Ganjami. As uh, chair and past chair, you both know that in those roles, you spend a good deal of time with me and at Hillside. And I'm, I'm so uh, deeply appreciative and honored to work so closely to chart the course with you and the board and the leadership team and all of the team at Hillside for the next several years of achieving our vision and our work collectively on behalf of New York and Prince George's County, Maryland, children and families. So I thank you. I thank you. Today, you know, like our board meetings that Jill mentioned, a mission moment for the community. The holidays are are nearing, folks. And what better mission moment than highlighting our program, Special Santa, our gift-giving program that brings holiday smiles and cheer to over 7,000 young people and families in New York and Maryland. Very important. And to honor this year, 40 years we've been uh, delivering this program, you can get involved. Since the pandemic, we now have an online portion of the program where you can shop online for what is needed for, for children and families, or you can go right to our webpage and donate. It's my opportunity to thank the staff because staff across this organization all chip in in addition to their everyday jobs. A few quick reminders before we close. Donate to Hillside. Community support is vital to Hillside's mission and every gift makes a difference to us. Individual, corporate, and foundation philanthropy makes our work possible. And to learn more how you can advance our work, visit hillside.com forward slash donate. Come join our family. 
at one of our upcoming podcasts, we're going to talk about our workforce. And as Jill and Dr. Ganjami mentioned this morning, the amazing work that they do. Please go to the career page right now at hillside.com careers to learn more about our impact and how you join up with us to do this incredible work. In closing, thank you, Jill and Dr. Ganjami, for joining this conversation today. Appreciate you and all that you do on behalf of Hillside.